Well, good morning. In the three Sundays that lead up to uh, Christmas, we're going to look at some of the great names and titles that are given to the Lord Jesus Christ as part of the, the Christmas narrative. And this morning we're looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 11. It's this wonderful title of Saviour. When the angel said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. The birth of Jesus had just taken place in Bethlehem. Mary has wrapped him in swaddling clothes, has laid him in the manger. But at the same time, outside in the fields surrounding the city, an angel appears to these shepherds and makes this announcement as the glory of the Lord shines all around them. And he says the Saviour has been born. Jesus, of course, in the fullness of time, Uh, would eventually do many, many extraordinary things. He would heal the sick. He would teach the multitudes. But the angel didn't say here that a healer had been born or that a teacher had been born. But he says it's a saviour. And the reason for this is that this idea, this message is absolutely central to who he is, to why he has come, and to what he is going to do one day. Now I've got two main points uh, to make today. Uh, The first one and the main one that I'll spend most of the time on is that the message about a saviour is absolutely central. And the second one towards the end is, yes it's central, but it has to be personal uh, as well. It's central because it's even highlighted in his name. The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah the Saviour. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name uh, Joshua. And that name was specifically given by the angel Gabriel before the conception to Mary. You read about that in chapter 1 verse 31, which is embellished on in Matthew 1, 21. You'll call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. So every time that name was mentioned, any time that name was was called out, that message was, was conveyed. It was his sense of identity. It's emphasised in his very name. It was, it was part of who he was. It's also central throughout the whole of the Old Testament scripture. Over the centuries, this whole idea had been building. And I'm only going to give a, a very few examples of this. Now, the book of Judges in our Old Testament describes a whole series of men called judges, otherwise known as as deliverers or or saviours. The Lord raised these men up during difficult times when the nation was in desperate plight because of their waywardness. And these men came for a limited period of time and sometimes only in a very confined geographical location. Men like Gideon, men like Samson, And they saved the people from their circumstances. And of course, this is something that is pointing us forward. It's pointing us forward to a greater reality, 
when the ultimate saviour would one at one stage step onto the the stage of history it wouldn't just be a man but god himself would enter as the saviour for for mankind in the the psalms of david at a very personal level he grasps this central point for instance in psalm 34 verses 4 to 6 he says you know i sought the lord this poor man referring to himself and all his problems cried out and the lord heard him and saved him took me out of a horrible pit he said on another occasion and he put my feet upon a rock and of course this idea is is just at the center of the life and of the death of our lord jesus christ as well John chapter 3 is the account of him meeting the, the Jewish leader, Nicodemus. And he says this to Nicodemus in verse 17. He said, Nicodemus, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. I can remember an old hymn, learned it when I was a boy, and it it said this, uh, He did not come to judge the world. He did not come to blame. He didn't only come to seek. It was to save he came. And when we call him Saviour, we call him by his name. Let me give you another example. Not just the religious leader, the, the rascal, uh, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who has sold out for personal gain and profit his own countrymen, who's hated by them, who is a complete outcast. And yet Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I need to come to your house. We, we need to talk. And even when everyone else was was talking under their breath and saying he's going to be at the home of someone who's a sinner, He replies to the crowd and he says, But the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19, verse 10. And whoever, he says, believes, I'm quoting John 3 again, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and you see that is the heart of the of the issue that that is at the center of it all the the whole idea of christ as savior really takes up effectively legal terminology it's it's a courtroom picture that is being painted for us we stand guilty like like Nicodemus was in his hypocrisy, in his empty religion, like like Zacchaeus did with his greed and his covetousness. We all have fallen short of the glory and the standard of, of God, and we've broken his laws, and we have not believed in the name of Christ. We stand guilty, and it's this central issue of guilt 
that the Lord Jesus comes to deal with and to save us from. And you may well remember that when he was crucified, when he hung upon the cross, that the people stood in mockery. You know, they reviled him and they mocked him from the cross. And they said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. Come down from the cross. He would not come down from the cross, although he could have. Because it was in that act of crucifixion that the salvation of the world is being brought about. He is dealing with the guilt of humanity. Upon the cross, the Lord Jesus takes the guilt so that the guilty can be saved from the judgment of God. That is the central message. And the early Christians all got that. They understood this point completely. In our day and age, Christianity and the gospel and the message of the Bible has been distorted and watered down and misunderstood. But the early Christians completely got this. Listen to what Paul had to say in 1 Timothy chapter 1.15, talking about his own personal experience. He talks about himself as a, as a violent persecutor of the early church and he says but Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost and yet I'm presented as an example to all who might believe that if God can show his patience to me and and, and can save me despite everything that I have done Here is a message that is open to all. And then Paul writes to his colleague Titus in chapter 3 verse 4. Working away on the island of Crete. Difficult people, their own poets actually had even spoken about them as being liars and evil brutes and, and lazy gluttons. And yet Paul writes and he knows that this had actually happened In that kind of environment and society, he says, when the goodness and the kindness of God our Saviour appeared, not by works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And for all of us, just, just like them, And just like some of the great worthies of the faith have expressed it, I think it was John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, who put it like this, that I have been a great sinner, an awful sinner, but I've come to know a great saviour. And what a, a tremendous opportunity that is for us. As the book of Hebrews puts it, because he is able to save to the uttermost, to the fullest extent, completely, all who come unto God through him, because he always lives to make intercession. I knew an old man who had his own paraphrase of that particular verse. He had been a trawlerman, fished out of Aberdeen, used to tell us about some of his escapades up round about Iceland. 
and the way that he translated that verse because he looked upon it as far as his own life was concerned. His name was Alec Delgarno. He lived over in Woodside and he said this, he's able to save from the guttermost. Maybe that's where he had been once, in the gutter. And Christ saved from the guttermost to the uttermost everyone who came to God through him. Yes, the message of Jesus as Saviour is absolutely central. That's why the angel said it's good news of great joy for all the people. That's why the sky just filled with the heavenly uh, multitudes to announce and to celebrate this tremendous message that, that comes to us today, again this Christmas time, to remember Jesus the Saviour. Watch the news tonight and um, they were talking about the great news this Christmas of the vaccine's arrival and of it being rolled out and of it being available and of course it's good news for all of us but the greatest news of all is the news of a Saviour brings joy to the hearts of those who receive him. Now this message is global it's for all the people, that's what it says here. But it is also at the same time personal. Nobody is excluded from this offer. The Saviour has come for all. But it's this personal part to it. It's, it's, un, it's unto you is born this day. The Saviour is for you men. You, you working men. You, you shepherds. To a large extent, outcasts, despised, with poor reputations, not thought of as being very much at all. For you, as much as for wise men and magi from the East, whoever it is, a saviour for you. And so they said, because they understood that, come on, let's go, let us go and see him. Let us go to Bethlehem. And so it comes to us today as well. It's not just the fact that he is a saviour. It's not just the fact that he could even be called the saviour, the saviour of the world. But it's for us to make this personal and to talk about my saviour, my personal saviour. Let me quote to you some Verses from Romans chapter 10. Whoever, whoever you are, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. My dad was telling me this week that he started writing um, a personal history, going way back to his early days and writing a wee bit every every day uh, about what it was like during the Second World War. In fact, details that I didn't know about at all, um, about his maternal grandmother, uh, details of his early life, memories of Glasgow uh, during the war, which of course culminated in 
the salvation of, of the family, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ and and the legacy that that, that has brought along to, to us. And we were raised with many of these old-fashioned Sankey's hymns, one of which goes like this, There's a saviour for you. There's, there's a saviour for you. One who came down from his home in the sky, loving you so that he came to die. There's a saviour for you. And I wonder if we were all to write our personal story would it include a personal encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ? You know, on one occasion, someone asked Jesus a question. You find this in Luke chapter 13, verse 23. And, and the question was this, Lord, are there few that be saved? Are, are there only a few that are saved? And in reply, he said this to them. He said, strive to enter through the narrow door. Make every effort to go through the narrow door because one day the master of the house will arise and he will shut the door. And many people will knock and say, Lord, let us in. Open up to us. You know, you've, you've been in our street We've eaten and drunk with you. And he'll say, depart from me. I, I never knew you. The Saviour is presented to us now. Personally, we need to strive. Make every effort. Just like these shepherds did as they hurried to Bethlehem. To make the Saviour their own. I bring you good news today of great joy for all people for unto you unto me is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord yes that's the central message of Christmas it has to be the personal message as well and that's why now as we Look on these emblems as we remember the Lord's Supper. We need to be able to say in doing that, don't we? The body of Jesus given for me. The blood of Jesus shed for me. Jesus, my Saviour. The Lord bless you.